0: Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the single parent advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, and broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. She is the single parent advocate, Stacy Porthress. I am Daryl Moody. Thank you once again for joining us on the single parent advocate podcast. We've got a very special guest for you this week. Her name is Karen Stanley. She's an entrepreneur, a blogger, author extraordinaire, and former single mother, now known as Mrs. Karen Stanley. Karen, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and be a part of this. This is awesome. Well, we're excited to have you for sure. Uh, and Stacey, you have a relationship with Karen. So I'm going to let you take it away. You know her a lot better than I do.
1: Well, I'm super excited to know Karen, and I'm excited for you to know her, too. Karen and I met uh, through uh, networking, trying to find solutions for single parents online, and we really quickly aligned and a In a a lot of different ways. And we were surprised to know that we were both marketing professionals. And so that's one of the things that she did. She actually designed our single parent advocate podcast logo, among other things. And she's always been a willing person to help with the cause in addition to having some really great wisdom to share.
2: Well, thank you. And it's—I—I um, I told her when we first met, man, I really wish this existed when I was a single mom. Actually, it did exist, but I didn't know about it here over here in Arizona. And what you're doing is just, you know, amazing, and you're blessing so many families' lives. Well, I'm super excited about what you're doing
1: with your book, becoming Mrs. Stanley. I was uh, looking back on the time that you spent with us, Karen. You know, and going through all of the different. Uh, educational series that you were a part of. And um, I'm super excited to kind of dig into that a little bit today. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Karen and I talked about, Daryl, was we talked about um, becoming the person you want to be with. It's kind of a mantra of mine, uh, that I want single parents to understand that they're not broken. Uh, you know, you don't have to fix yourself just because you're a single parent family doesn't mean there's something wrong. Now, something wrong might have happened to you that landed you in a single parent family. It might be unplanned. So there's a lot of, of, of uh, talk about, you know, how do single parents kind of get back on the path to having a love interest, having life partnerships, learning from the past. And Karen speaks to that really, really well. And so, um, Karen, I don't know, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, becoming Mrs. Stanley and kind of take people down that journey we went to about having, you know, having intentionality and cultivating the relationships that we want to have with others by first kind of taking a look inwardly?
2: Absolutely. Um, it's funny that you say, you know, if you're a single parent that you're not broken, because I feel I used to feel very like broken and that I was damaged goods. And I used to feel like nobody would really even want to marry me. I'm raising kids by myself, two little kids by myself. Who's going to want to sign up for this? You know, this crazy circus that's happening in my house on a daily, um, you know, on the, on every day. And, um, and then I went to my best friend's wedding, actually, just a quick little background story about how the book even came about. I wasn't uh, planning on writing a book. Um, I had been single for a long time, six, seven, eight years by then. Um, and, and, I, and I stood there and I was watching all these amazing, wonderful couples everywhere. And um, there was so much love. It wasn't just the, the couple getting married, although she was a single mom. She also worked from home. We, had, we were in business together. And we had a home-based business. So, you know, you, you create all of these beliefs based on the past and things that have happened. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I used to believe that maybe when my children were Uh, you know, they go to college, maybe that's when I could actually, you know, have a relationship, have my own life, have a, you know, a love interest and a romantic partner um, because you feel so overwhelmed. How, how do you even like make time for any of that stuff? You know, like, when do you do that? Um, And um, you know, I did a little bit of dating online and, and I just kept attracting people who didn't, you know, didn't want what I wanted and, and weren't truthful And, um, it just hit me. I'm surrounded by people that have been married a long time and have all of this love and and all of this light. And I thought, you know what? I, the beliefs that I had before, they're not true. There are a lot of people who have loving relationships all over the place. And there's a lot of people who get married again and they find real love and they, and they love and accept their children. And I've just been focused on all the wrong things. And I made this shift, two of them actually. So the biggest one was that everybody that's put in our life was there for a reason. There are no accidents. There's no coincidences. Every single person is there to teach us something. And I made this mental shift, like, you know, how about it's not a bad date or a bad relationship or a bad marriage or, you know, you know, you can, you can frame it that way. And you can also, you know, yes, your marriage fell apart, And yes, right now I am a single mom. And also what did I actually learn from that? And this was a major, major, major breakthrough because as soon as you reframe that and you say, I'm going to focus on everything that I learned. And sometimes you're in a, a, even just even dating, you know, even going on a date. And my book is not about dating. It's about turning inwards and saying, what did I actually learn? Why did God put that person into my life? Each and every person into my life, uh, all of them, the kids, sisters, friends, business, everything. What do I, what am I learning from this? Why is this person here? It's to teach me something. So what's, let's, let's learn something from every person. And then also let's talk about those beliefs that I believe and let's reframe those because that's not actually true. I am not broken because I went through a divorce. I actually went through, also went through sexual abuse as a small child. That does make, doesn't make me damaged goods. And I always felt that way my entire life. I have felt less than um, worthy of love and worthy of having a, a life that I really wanted and a, and a partner that I really wanted Because of events that happen. It's not with the events. It's just the stories we create around them. Well, you bring up a really good point,
1: um, you know, about having endured child abuse, you know, and a lot of people, you know, enter single parenthood from divorce, but there are people who enter. Uh, single parenthood, uh, whether it is abuse, or it is, uh, you know, a spouse passed away, or came up with a disability, or there was uh, some other kind of situation that occurs that some form of ruin kind of landed you in the middle of life alone. But you're not really alone. But we're going to talk about that. I know, because we have you here. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes the, the limiting belief is I'm not worthy or I'm, you know, nobody's going to like me. I'm damaged goods. Or maybe the limiting belief is I can't imagine being unsad or I can't, you know, get over this grief or I, you know, can't, I won't, I shouldn't, I couldn't. And it's tied a lot of times, well, obviously to divorce, but it's also tied to loss and ruin of one kind or another. Maybe it's the death of a dream and whatever that limiting belief is, like what you teach about turning into yourself and, and making that shift and saying, okay, I'm going to quit focusing on sadness. I'm going to quit focusing on whatever that, that hitch in the road is in your heart. You know, Daryl talks about that a lot too. Um, shifting that. And even from, I mean, I don't know if you want to chime in, Daryl, about like, you know, when uh, a man takes that shift, you know,
0: I, I'm, I'm living this reality right now because I am out there dating uh, and I've had a number of failed relationships over the last three, uh, two years since my divorce was finalized. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at it as, you know, every one of those failed relationships is an opportunity to learn something about myself and what I'm looking for and what I need. Uh, my question to you, Karen, is, is, at what point as a single mom did you consciously decide for yourself, I'm going to stay a single mom until I figure this out? What, how did you arrive at that, I guess, is what I'm wondering. That's a great question. Actually, I went in and out of that for eight
2: years so i would i would say okay i would like tiptoe out of my bedroom and try to go on a few dates and then have a few dating disasters and then i go no retreat 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 go back to your room don't date and i would take like a year or two off and be like nope this is not right time this is not and i think sometimes too i mean really you have to listen to your intuition and um really pray about it because sometimes you do really just need a um, some time alone to heal and um i definitely needed that you know so i i think i went out and dated right away way too soon. And then I would take a break for a year or two. And then I would go try it again. I would take a break for a year or two. So it, it was the, the moment that I went to my, that wedding was the day that I didn't say, that's it. I am no longer going to be quote single anymore. I said, that's it. I'm going to work on myself because the, this, these beliefs are not true. And um, you know, what is, what does she have as a single mom, same circumstances, same two kids also works from home because my, one of my beliefs was like, I'm never going to meet anybody because I, I work at home all the day long. Wow. And which um, is funny because now everybody's working from home, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I did that since 2009 and, um, my other ones were, you know, because I had them all the time, you know, at a lot of single parents, they don't have a co-parent. They don't have a break. You never have a break. And then even if you do co-parenting and then you have the week on and week off, whatever the schedule is, it's equally just as hard to co-parent or not co-parent. So if you're doing it all alone, both of them are equally as traumatic and very difficult. And so, um, I, I just thought, you know, she, what does she have? She had this self-confidence and self-love and self-worth, and then she had certainty. And I just said, you know what? I'm an, I want to, I need to get those things because I don't think that we are meant to be alone. We're not solitary creatures. And I know that I, that we are not meant to be alone and be a solo warrior for the rest of our lives. Now it's God's timing and God's plan. And so I thought, well, what do I need to do to build that self-worth and self-love and self-confidence into myself? And I thought, well, why don't I feel confident? I mean, really, let's think about this. And I, I literally wrote down a list, things that I wish were really different, things that I know, we all know, we know exactly what we really, we don't like to share with people, things that we're a little bit ashamed of. Or things we really wish were different in our lives. And we make little tiny, small improvements or small progress towards those things that we really want to accomplish. And I, and I wrote down a list. So I really believe that as I was working through these and I had, you know, four different categories. So my, my health, um, I just thought, you know, I want to become the person that I, that I want to be like the person that I want to marry. Who is that person? What are they? What, what values do they have? What qualities do they possess? And, um, and I don't mean, you know, physical, you know, tall and blue eyed, although it's it's hilarious. I did create an entire list so that I could focus on it because you are learning and growing every single day, but that's really not the, the purpose. The purpose is to look internally to see, okay, I really want to have my finances more in order, um, because I went through bankruptcy foreclosure, you know, a lot of us have a lot of us done, you know, divorce, it's, it's, a, it just leaves you in ruin. Well, that creates a belief that I'm not good enough because I have debt or I have this, or I have that bankruptcy on my credit. And that's just absolutely not true. Um, not a bad person because something happened that left you in financial ruin. Now, I would like to repair that. I would like to feel better. And that's one area that we do, we can even if it's, you know, $10 a day, I want to, or $10 a month in a savings account. You know, I had massive IRS debt and um, because I would just started out, you know, shifted jobs where I was like a, um, you know, 1099 and i had never been a 1099 before. So I didn't do the taxes. I didn't do the whole thing. You know, I was a basket case. So few years of that, it adds up real quick what the government says you owe them. And, um, and I thought, okay, so that limiting belief for that I'm not worthy because I have massive debt and it was $30,000 by the way. And I thought, okay, well, it's not like I had some extravagant plan to like rack up all the IRS debt I could and like move to Canada. I mean, they're, they're going to get their money and they have plenty and they have lots of patience. And at that time I needed it more than they did. So Let's reframe that and let's make a small quantifiable goal to get out of debt and then reframe your focus into it's zero, the, the party I'm going to have when it's zero, the trip I'm going to take my kids on when it's zero. And then I just put it on an installment plan. And I, I didn't even look at the statements because what I wanted to focus on is the end game. I am making progress and that's really a strategy to getting out of these feelings. Like we're, we're hopeless and broken and, and damaged to yeah, that, that, that number doesn't matter because I'm making progress toward a goal that I have. It only matters how I feel, how you feel. And I know that I'm making progress and I, I put a couple hundred bucks, whatever it was I could afford a couple hundred bucks a month that had it automatically, you know, just being paid out of my checking account. So I didn't do it. I didn't touch it. I didn't even th- think about it. Because if I looked focus at those- Focus on grows.
1: It so okay. keeps going through my head as I hear you talk about this. What you focus on grows. And so if you focus on the, the dark side of the coin, in this case, the money, you know, the weight of the debt, then that feeling grows. And sometimes the debt grows versus focusing on what it's going to be like when that is gone. Yes. Um, such a great uh, insight.
2: Yeah. It's, it's huge. Instead of like this thing, this huge number feels insurmountable. And that's just one example of all of the things we kind of feel like the reason why we don't feel good about ourselves. And then if we can take an inventory and just say, like I did, you know, all that was just one category. I really wanted to feel more confident and feel worthy. And so, um, and I didn't, I wasn't out of debt um, when I actually, you know, got together with my now husband, I was just making progress toward it. So it didn't have any power over me anymore. And it didn't, that didn't determine whether I had self-worth and self-love and, um, and, you know, so I thought, you know, family, I mean, one of the things that, that helped me tremendously was to say, what is it that makes a good mother? You know, and I think all of us is so huge because I always felt like I was never doing enough and I was working too hard. If I'm working, I'm not being a good mom. If I'm, if I'm playing with my kids, I'm not working hard enough. I never felt like I was doing any of it very well and enough and enough time and enough playing time and all these things. And so I applied this same strategy to my, my family. And I said, what is it exactly that makes a good mother? You know, it's not, we have all these perceived pressures of what we think we have to do in any given day, the PTA meetings and the volunteering and the bake sales and the, this and the, that, and we feel so pressure, which is a perceived pressure. It's not real. No one's making us do those things, but we feel like we have to, or we're not in, you know, not considered to be doing a good job. And so I thought, no, what is it? You know, because I, I feel like all of those pressures are totally extraneous and they're not what's important to us and it's not important to our kids. And then it's not important to God. And I believe that sometimes we put too much focus again, here's the focus on what everybody else wants us to do and everybody else's opinions, because everybody has one, your, your ex-in-laws, your friends, your sisters, your brothers, your mom, your dad, all, everybody has an opinion of what you should do with your kids. And you know what? God didn't give your kids to them. And I said, I'm going to just be really clear and I'm going to follow my intuition. and, And God is going to guide me to what my kids really need, what is really, really important. And I I made a list, you know, at the time when they were three and five, or I don't know exactly how old they were when I made this list, but um, the most precious time to me was reading. You know, I have two kids, one on each side of me. That was the most precious time because no one was distracted. We were spending quality time And what would happen though, is that I'd get to 845 and go, oh no, we haven't read yet. Hurry, you know, brush your teeth really quick and throw them in the bath and everybody's rushed. And then I'm so tired. Then I didn't actually read for more than five minutes. You know, I'd read one page, two pages and I'm like (sighs) passed out. And then we all lose out on the most important, what most cherished moments of our life. Right. And so I just made a goal to read an hour. So what do I need to do? Got to make bath time at seven. You know, kids don't know what time it is. You know, just say it's bad time in a half hour, right? So, um, we and and then what that does though they is that majors then were they? And no, <laughs> no, nobody cares about me reading to them anymore.
1: <laughs> so I have two cents. I my two cents is okay. So maybe reading turns into game night, right? Absolutely. Like I used to, as my son grew up, I would play Uno, and to this day, he has these. Me- these memories of these Uno wars <laughs> of me and him, you know, it started off, you know, just with story time. And then as, as he grew, it kind of changed into game time. And later, you know, he, he flew out the window and he's a man now you know and so now we have texting time you know so it, it so kind true. of i guess whatever the platform is is appropriate to the age of yes and well, your child's when, interests yeah
0: regardless of what you do karen you call it the most critical time in our house we, we call it snuggle tuck in and reading time and we try to do it from seven to eight and it's you know we all pile up on the couch and watch some tv for a little while trying to try to calm down and, and and kind of set that tone uh, and then, and then, yeah, it's always a mad dash. You're like, okay, I, I want to start reading at seven forty-five, So we have plenty of time to read, you know, and sometimes it's hard to, to take your focus off of following that schedule and just enjoy that time. And that's uh, that's one of the struggles that I have that I've been really trying to kind of clear my evening schedule work-wise so that I don't have anything on my mind other than just spending that time with my girls.
2: That's beautiful. And yeah, and I think that that's where you come in. You have your own specific thing that works best for you so that no matter what happens that day, no matter what happens, because everything's going to happen, there's always going to be problems and you're going to be late to stuff and forget stuff. And well, at least I did. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but you know what? Because I knew that I made that goal to have that quality time, which, like to your point, Stacey, depends on the age. Um, and you're exactly right. It's game night. So I still have a, we play game night at least once a week because my kids, my son turns 18 today, actually today I was, oh, became a mom. Birthday. Years ago. Yeah. Wild. But, and then I have a daughter that's 15, almost 16. So, you know, life is so different when you're, you only ones are teenagers because they're in and out all the time and work and school and this, and they drive. It's, it's crazy. It's totally different. And so, but I make sure that there's one night where it's like, I tell them it's going to be Tuesday or whatever it is, you know, that we're all going to be home. You're not going anywhere. We're playing games and they love it. Um, Mono-focused, right? You're really hardcore, like Daryl
1: was saying, focused only on that. I would always, um, okay, my friends who are out there who know me well, know I'm a little OCD and they will tell you, you do not leave dishes in my sink. I cannot deal with it. There will not, I just, I can't, I can't, it does. It just pulls me it's away. It's
0: first of all. It's like, <laughs>
1: and so, you know, I, I would always have to make time to make sure the dishes are put up. I have my, my self-control. I don't know at this point if that was self-control or coping, but we'll put that on the parking lot for now. But it. I'd get the dishes done and then I could monofocus, you know? So if you have little hangups and habits that you have to get out of the way but in order to be monofocused, you have to kind of work backward and plan ahead for that, you know? <laughs> of course, then we'd create dishes while we were having our Uno war and I'd have to put them away again. <laughs> Those are
2: the best memories though, right? And yeah. so I think that when you're struggling, you get, get real about what is the most important thing and just keep the most important thing, the most important thing. It's your family night. It's your, if you only have one hour where you're working more than one job and you're trying to hold it all together. Like, you know, most, a lot of us are and have some grace and then for yourself and say, you know what, what is it that I really need to do the most where if no matter what else happens, if I do this one thing, I feel like I'm doing a good job. I feel like I'm okay. And then, and know that you're going to be guided to the, that thing or that those two things. Um, quality
1: time goes away, man. Uh, kids, they grow up and, and, you know, you'll never make a mistake by spending uh priority time like that with your kids. That's for sure. You for know, sure. and uh, you know, when you're talking about becoming the person you want to be with, you know, be the person that your kids want to be with, you know, and, and let them know they're so important by sitting there and making them the most important thing, you know?
2: Yeah. And I applied that to everything. I thought I, what I really, really want. So I'm going to focus on everybody who I've, you know, any relationships that I've had in, in all, all relationships, they're all teachers. And what kind of life do I really want to create? I, I think that I would love to have a husband. And I, what do I want him to be like? What do I want his relationship to my children to be like? I want him to play with them. I want him to throw a ball in the backyard. Well, then what do you need to do? You need to throw a ball in the backyard. You can't just sit around and wait for somebody else or wait till your family is complete to do those things. To your point, once they're eight, they're not going to do seven year old things. Once they're 12, they're, they're, they're totally different than I can want to do 10 year old things anymore. So this time is so precious and goes so fast that I found myself, okay, that made me, um, really be intentional, about every single thing that was happening because I wanted to become that person. What is that person? That person's kind. Okay. What kind of, what, what thing that I can do to intentionally um, be kind today or uh, that person is patient. And that's true of everything. I want to attract patient, loving, kind, compassionate people into my life and into my children's life. And so, well, what can I do today to demonstrate that? And it really helped guide me through Really, um, What I didn't realize at the time was almost creating a a system for creating your own self-worth because love comes from within and you won't let anybody disrespect you if you respect yourself and you can't love anybody and no one will love you until you love and trust yourself. That's how you attract people who love you and trust you and respect you. And it starts with the girl in the mirror, the boy in the mirror, the man in the mirror. It's it, it, It's like when you take your your um, entire focus away from everybody else for a few minutes, <laughs> however long you need. Take a break from it all and really go inside. Who do I want to become? And who is the people that I want to be surrounded with? And I'm gonna. What can I do today? even a small little thing. I, am just a phone call to a friend, um, someone who reaches out who is someone who calls their parents, who has a close relationship to their parents. Okay. Well, let's call mom then. And, um, what I didn't realize is that I was, I was becoming a little bit more, um, joyful just in general. I was, I kind of had a little bit more pep to my step. I, I felt, um, happier in general, you know, as I was going along and, and, This person I had known in business this entire time, uh, since 2009, I, um, I walked in the door to go see him. We just, I just worked with him. He was one of my clients and, um, he just looked at me like we just met. He just looked at me like I was a different person. And that's because I was a different kind of person, a different person, though,
1: really. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, truly, if you had been doing all that, excuse me, my eyes, if you uh, had been doing all of this work, you know, on the inside of you, what I see, or, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, is you're actually becoming comfortable in your own skin and you're not awkward anymore and you're becoming your best, most authentic self And you quit apologizing for your best, most authentic self. And to me, you are a different person. You're not a shell or uh, an image of who you'd like to be anymore. You're you've become
2: uh, whole you know, well, and yeah. And it never stops. Like we're, we're always going to work and work in progress. And I'm always constantly um, trying to improve and I'm no you know authority on anything. It's just that after we came together and got married a, a couple of years after that, because that day that he saw me differently, he, it was just after Thanksgiving that year in, um, 2014. And he was, he sat down and he told me where, how he spent his, Thanksgiving because he was divorced too. And he obviously, he didn't see his, you know, his family, his kids are, were a little bit old. They're a little bit older in high school and just started college. Um, so he spent it with his friends and there's this massive amounts of people to families with three generations and so much love. And he said, you know, coming out of my marriage, you know, recently, I didn't really, I didn't really think I wanted to be married or even have a serious relationship. But after that day, he said, I got in my truck and I said, God, I'm ready to fall in love. And I said, like, you should, everybody should be in love. Everybody deserves love and a partner. And he's such a wonderful man, which I knew that. Um, And uh, it was so interesting to, it was just, we just sat there and like talked for like an hour and we've been together ever since. So fast forward a couple of years, we're hiking. And I said, you know, from my perspective, I feel like all you did was say one prayer. And like, I just, you know, boom, walked in the door a day later, (laughs) but I was kind of looking through the things that really helped me feel good about myself and build up my, my confidence and, and, and helped me believe that I deserved um, to be in a wonderful relationship. And it was possible. I think a lot of us are surrounded with toxic relationships and broken relationships, and perhaps we're not even it's the belief that it's not even possible is kind of looming over our heads. It it was for me for a long time. Like, it's not possible. I'll just wait till I'm later. I was talking with somebody uh, recently
1: about being in a discovery mindset. You know, I give you're always looking uh, to, you know, to criticize yourself or to tear yourself down or to, you know, it comes from a a negative perspective, let's say it kind of get your world gets smaller and smaller, smaller, don't do this, 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 you know, versus a discovery, like, what can I become? What can I learn? What can I do? Who can I meet? You know, as we start to feel better about ourselves, we become more open to other things to enjoy that we may have been like this before we might not have ever seen that person, you know, uh, or been open to that person, because automatically you would say, Oh, I'm not qualified for that. Right.
2: I love that.
1: You know, you had been doing all this work on yourself and he, he might've, you know, said a prayer. Hey Lord, hook me up. Right. I'm ready. You know, but that didn't start that day. No, that started moons before when you started, this journey you're sharing with us and i just think it's so cool i think it's so cool um and such a wonderful lesson to learn about becoming who you want to be with you know they always say birds of a feather flock together and if you need to grow your flock and include some eagles in it you know don't be afraid of that right
2: Yeah, i love that mindset To have a discovery mindset and yes, yeah, so I, I was teasing him because it seemed like he didn't do any work. And all he did was say one prayer, It was it, which is not true. It was just, it was funny. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like it was, um, I felt like because I had done so many years of suffering and not believing and just that negative belief system that it wasn't possible mm-hmm. um, and not going to work out for me or someone like me, um, you know, I, I and doing, physically doing, um, creating small quantifiable goals and working toward becoming the person that I really wanted to be with, it changed how I felt about myself. And that's when the relationship possibility opened up because I I changed, I I changed completely. And, um, and, and then again, you know, to your point, you know, Daryl, you don't get to determine the timing. Timing is all up to God, right? Whenever we're ready. And I think he's, you know, he's got the plan and he's got the chess pieces and we're not privy to that information. <laughs> he's got a, there's a, a lot of faith as well. But when I told him that I said, I, I think that I was kind of looking through some of the things that really helped me, um, with my own self-love and self-confidence. Um, I said, I think it might be a, a little bit of a strategy or, um, someone that's something could be replicable and could help somebody else. And he's like, totally, you should write a book. And so that was all his idea. He's the one who told me to write it. And, um, so it took me a couple of years, but yeah, I, I really was such a, a, a journey, um, uh, that I, I, I changed how I believe what I believed about marriage and, and men and relationships. And that's at the core because He didn't attract me until he said, I, I am ready to fall in love instead of, well, I just would like to have someone to like, you know, hang out with or like go to movies with and like, you know, go on bike rides because you, if you have that mindset, that's exactly who you're going to attract. And so when you say, no, God, I'm ready. And you put in the work for your, on yourself, then that's when the, you know, God, gives you the right person when everybody's ready. And you've, you've determined that with your mindset and your belief system. So I, you know, I feel like all of our beliefs are based on our past. It's all the things that have happened in the past and your past doesn't determine your future unless you stay exactly the same. You believe the same things and attract the same type of person. You know, I kept attracting people that were liars. They just, they just flat out lie. They had old pictures. They had this. They would say this about themselves. Oh, I'm on a paleo diet. I did this. I went to school here. Um, you know, pictures from, you know, 10 years prior um, say they,
0: you know, really. It's just, it's just now it's they have just, filters, Karen. It's oh, oh it's. my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now they have filters. They look like cartoon characters. They don't even look like real people. I mean, come on. Those
2: are emojis, Daryl. No. no. And you have to do face. I mean, you're going to, you have to do FaceTime, like have (laughs) them do a zoom so they can't do the
0: filters. I have, I have actually before a first date had a woman say, Hey, can we do a real quick video chat? And I'm like, just want to make sure I look like the pictures. Totally get it.
2: Yeah, I would do that. I told my brother to do that too. He's single as well. Um, And you know what? I also though, I realized that I don't, I wasn't being that truthful. So it wasn't exactly the same. I was posting pictures, you know, uh, of what I look like. But I mean, um, I have found it's it's very difficult to really be honest about how you feel and really being vulnerable and really uh, telling the truth about ourselves.
0: Um, not that well, you- it's the only it's the only way to get that out of the person that you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, you you know you have to you have to be upfront with who you are because otherwise you're going to meet them, you're going to date, and then they're going to find out who you are, which may be different from the person you presented to begin with, and then it isn't going to work out. So to your point, you 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 really do have to be honest upfront. Absolutely, and I didn't attract
2: real love until I told the truth. You just got to be honest. You cannot pretend. And you grew. you f- mm-hmm. you found real love when you did the work, Karen. Absolutely. The work is what gives you the courage to to tell the be truth, be honest.
1: Yeah, because then you like your truth, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So I I know we're kind of getting to uh, the end of the show. So I'd love to have you, Karen, share with everybody how they can get in touch with you and follow you and buy your book. Do you mind just
2: telling the gang, how can we keep you in our lives? Oh, thank you so much. Um, on Instagram, I'm on, I am official Mrs. Karen Stanley. And then my website is Mrs. Karen Stanley.com. And I have, um, I, that's where I write my blog posts and, um, I have a lot of resources, actually all of the tools that, you know, really helped me a lot. And, um, I have a newsletter too. So it's weekly, ish <laughs> newsletter where, um, I share just my thoughts and my journey, parts of my strategies, anything that I think that would be helpful. And, um, yeah, you have a killer I, song I, list too on there all about, yeah. all about the love songs. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, I, I don't know how, if we have time for a quick story about the love playlist. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I was, uh, I was hiking, um, getting ready to start on a hike and I was, the song came on, You know, that song, um, the bittersweet symphony, you probably know it. I mean, it was just like, yes, it's so good. And I, I had never listened to the, the words before the lyrics until this one day, I remember exactly where I was. And it just hit me that he just said, we're a slave to money. And then we die. And I was like, that's stupid. Pretty true though. And why am I listening to that? Because that's negative. That's not true. I'm not going to be a slave to money and then die. You know, so he's telling me through his bad, his, that's his bad energy and his bad juju and his bad beliefs and his negativity. And, um, I just don't think that anything's neutral. I think everything affects us positively or negatively. And so I decided, nope, if something is negative, it's not allowed in my brain. So I just, I feel, and I did, so this, I actually did do this and I created a list in my, in iTunes, on my iPod, on my iPhone. And, um, I called it my love playlist. So the requirements were, it had to be positive and it had to be, um, you know, uh, filled with lyrics that, that only talked about the possibilities of love and the life that you really want to create. And so you, you help yourself by being surrounded by the positive positivity and it's not just positivity, but the belief you're trying to change your beliefs about what's possible. And so you can, you can't allow somebody to tell you that we're a slave to money and then we die. Nope, not allowed. He didn't make the cut. That's gone. And then I just had a a love playlist. So I continue to add to it. And I share that all the time because um, it just helps people. If you, and I put it on Spotify, you can, you know, you can download it and listen to it because um, it's just a whole bunch of songs that whenever you have a music moment and you're going to listen to music, why not choose something that's positive and talks about love and, you know, the the life that you really want to create? Why not? So that's what the love playlist is. (laughs)
1: Well, what I did is I, um, for everybody, I put Karen's story um, on our website at singleparentadvocate.org. You can visit the blog. Uh, Last year, Karen went on a journey with uh, some single parents and single parent advocate in Texas. And we had a five-part study that talked about improving relationships with yourself, improving relationships with your kids, your higher power, the lord you know um and we really really dug in and so she was generous enough to recap all of that and sent it to me a while back so i've refreshed the article it's on singleparentadvocate.org right now you can go read it and enjoy it it's got a backlink to her uh, page and i would just recommend you know karen's a girl that you would keep and uh, certainly know that uh, we want to uh, thank you, Karen, for who you have been to our community. And um, we hope we'll have you back someday. Thank
2: Thanks you for so the wisdom. Much. I'm yeah. so honored. Thank you for having me.
1: So for everybody, we will uh, be... Uh, basically upcoming activities. We'll be having a single parent advocate financial wellness Zoom. Uh, this is going to be on April 24th. You can go on Eventbrite and sign up for it. It's completely free. We're going to have a, a, a vice president from BBVA join us as well as a professional coach. Uh, she is a uh, totally pro bono, leaning in and investing in our community, helping single parents and their families come out of the pandemic with some skills that hopefully will make us stronger together. So uh, I have it on Meetup, I have it on Facebook, and we have it on Eventbrite, Single Parent Advocate, and it's called Money Matters. And if you have trouble finding it, send me a note. You can uh, text SPA, edu to 64600 that's s-p-a-e-d-u to 64600 and we will get you dialed in to make sure you can register and come join us it'll be april 24th from 10 to noon save the date hopefully we'll see you there thanks everybody We want to give special thanks today, we have some friends at VentureX Castle Hills and they've come alongside Single Parent Advocate to help us produce a podcast that we all can enjoy. Things like camera work, um, sound, editing, all of this comes together to make a great podcast where we can all communicate and enjoy our community. So. Really huge thanks to our team at VentureX Castle Hills and Work Innovators. Work Innovators is the studio team at VentureX. So if you need a video done or you want to launch a podcast, join us here. We really want to welcome you and thank you for being a part of our community. See you next time.